Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. My name is Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for June 19th. Jehoahaz rules in Israel, 2 Kings 13, 1-7, 814 B.C. In the 23rd year of Joash, son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, became king of Israel and Samaria, and he reigned 17 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord by following the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit, and he did not turn away from them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and for a long time he kept them under the power of Haziel, king of Aram, and Ben-Hadad, his son. Then Jehoahaz sought the Lord's favor, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. The Lord provided a deliverer for Israel, and they escaped from the power of Aram. So the Israelites lived in their own homes as they had before, but they did not turn away from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, which he had caused Israel to commit. They continued in them. Also the Asherah pole remained standing in Samaria. Nothing had been left of the army of Jehoahaz except 50 horsemen, 10 chariots, and 10,000 foot soldiers, for the king of Aram had destroyed the rest and made them like the dust at threshing time. End of Jehoahaz's reign, 2 Kings 13, 8 and 9. 798 BC. As for the other events of the reign of Jehoahaz, all he did and his achievements, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Jehoahaz rested with his ancestors and was buried in Samaria, and Jehoahash, his son, succeeded him as king. Jehoahash rules in Israel, 2 Kings 13, 10 and 11, 798 BC. In the 37th year of Joash king of Judah, Jehoahash son of Jehoahaz became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 16 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He continued in them. The end of Joash's reign, 2 Kings 12, 17-21, 796 BC. About this time, Haziel king of Aram went up and attacked Gath and captured it. Then he turned to attack Jerusalem. But Joash, king of Judah, took all the sacred objects dedicated by his predecessors, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Ahaziah, the kings of Judah, and the gifts he himself had dedicated, and all the gold found in the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and of the royal palace, and he sent them to Haziel, king of Aram, who then withdrew from Jerusalem. As for the other events of the reign of Joash and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? His officials conspired against him, and assassinated him at Beth Milo, on the road down to Selah. The officials who murdered him were Jazabad son of Shimeath, and Jehazabad son of Shomer. He died and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and Amaziah his son succeeded him as king. Second Chronicles 24, 23-27 At the turn of the year, the army of Aram marched against Joash. It invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the people. They sent all the plunder to their king in Damascus. Although the Aramean army had come with only a few men, the Lord delivered into their hands a much larger army. Because Judah had forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors, judgment was executed on Joash. When the Arameans withdrew, they left Joash severely wounded. His officials conspired against him for murdering the son of Jehoiada the priest, and they killed him in his bed. So he died and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Those who conspired against him were Zabad, son of Shimeath, an Ammonite woman, and Jehajabad, son of Shimrith, a Moabite woman. The account of his sons, the many prophecies about him, and the record of the restoration of the temple of God 
are written in the annotations on the book of the kings, and Amaziah his son succeeded him as king. Elisha's final prophecy, 2 Kings 13, 14 to 23. Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoahash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arians at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you only defeat it only three times. Elisha died and was buried. Now, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once, while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Haziel, king of Aram, oppressed Israel throughout the reign of Jehoahaz, but the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion and showed concern for them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To this day, he's been unwilling to destroy them or banish them from his presence. 2 Kings 13, 24 and 25, around 796 BC. Haziel, king of Aram, died, and Ben-Hadad, his son, succeeded him as king. Then Johash, son of Jehoahaz, recaptured from Ben-Hadad, son of Haziel, the towns he had taken in battle from his father Jehoahaz. Three times Jehoahash defeated him, and so he recovered the Israelite towns. Some very interesting things in here. So that's the end of the reading for June 19th. Um, you know, some things you read and just like, what in the world is, is going on here? So one of the things to remember is that uh, what we consider the nation of Israel that was under the united kings of David, uh, Saul, David, and Solomon is now into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom still referred to as Israel and the southern kingdom referred to as Judah which has Jerusalem as a part of it. And so that's why you have some of these kings mentioned and they kind of, uh, uh, you know, one of them may be killed, the other one's not. Uh, one of them may be victorious, the other one's not. We're, we're going back and forth at times to do two different kingdoms. Uh, Elisha's final prophecy um, is really interesting here. And, you know, this, this is the information we have. You know, you're going to defeat them, but because you only struck the ground, you know, three times, you're only going to defeat them three times. You should have done it five or six times. And then, and then we're told the very next verse, Elisha died and was buried. And then we have this incredible thing of like when people th were thrown into Elisha's uh, tomb to be buried, then they became alive again. I mean, I, we're not given any uh, context here, so... Um, so, so what do I take away from this? I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of crazy things I could try to take away, but keeping in the context of all of scripture, um, you know, I look at Joash's reign. He was the one that had done right in the eyes of God, but he still made mistakes. He still did not honor one of God's prophets. Um, and in the end, you know, he, he died. In fact, he was killed. Um, 
by those who, who should support him. So I come away from, from this passage like many others and just see that in the end, we've got to rest in God's sovereignty. His sovereignty in terms of how long we live, his sovereignty in terms of who is in charge, his sovereignty in terms of what happens with God's people and the enemies of God's people, who seems to be winning, who's not winning. That's all in God's hands. The only thing I can control is today, will I live for God? That's really all I can control. And, and, and when I fail, I can also control to confess and repent and pray for God's mercy. And, and that's my takeaway today. So Father, I don't understand all the things I'm reading in your word right now or how or why you did everything that you did. But I know it was right, Father. And I know you're still in control of my life and our world today. So today, Father, I commit my life to you. I want to live for you wholeheartedly. And Father, if there's anything, any way that I, that I go off the path, I want to confess that to you, turn from it, and continue to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.